Good evening, dummies. Episode 283. Why did I call you dummies? Well, someone was offended earlier. Everyone gets offended. It's not anything derogatory. Dummies means the don't unfriend me's. It's an acronym. And it's fun, like barstool sports. That's all you're a dummy. Hillary Clinton called you deplorables. They've been calling you racist for years. You can handle dummies. It's really, if I'm going to get into my bag of insults, you're a dummy. Does that really sound, does that go with the whole demeanor? No, I didn't think so. So assume positive intent. Episode 283, who am I? Who's your daddy? What does he do? Well, my name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. I created this little show. And uh, yeah, it's fun. It's exciting. We're going to talk about some things tonight. What are we talking about? Well, I'll give it to you. Right after I say this, please like, share, and subscribe if you would not mind on all of my social media sites. I'm over on TikTok. That's the most recent. Instagram, Twitch, and all Apple Podcasts. You can stop by don'tunfriendly.com and get cool shirts too. Now, that's enough pitching. I apologize. If you want to, you can go to this many minutes and skip to this part of the show. I would not mind if you do that. And you can also fast forward. Really simple if you want. Let's talk about what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the Supreme Court opening. We know that Donald Trump put three people on the bench, and the Democrats are a little frustrated by this. They talk about packing the court. So what did they do? Did they pressure this to happen? Were they trying to get this in before the midterms? The answer is most unequivocally, yes. We'll get into it tonight and talk about it. Hang tight. I'll be right back after these messages. Navy veteran Matt Spear presents Don't Unfriend Me. Brutally honest. Experience matters. Facts, not feelings. To the point. And always direct. No safe spaces. You can agree or disagree. You can love him. You can hate him. Just don't unfriend him. Sit back, relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Well, thank you so much for watching. Let's get into it tonight. Should be a good show. Thank you for listening. Like I stated earlier, Ebony and Ivory. Well, that sure didn't last. On August 28th, 1963, Martin Luther King delivered a speech to a massive group of civil rights marchers gathered around the Lincoln Memorial in D.C., I've listened to this speech at least a hundred times throughout my life, and it's on par with the greatest in history. The Ronald Reagan address at the Brandenburg Gate, June 12, 1987. The Ich bin ein Berliner, I am a Berliner speech by President John F. Kennedy, given on June 26, 1963. On December 10, 1963, Malcolm X gave a speech at a rally in Detroit, Michigan. And who who can forget the Gettysburg Address from Lincoln, Steve Jobs' speech on doing what you love, so many to choose from. But none are quite like Dr. King's speech, words that unify and challenge men to be better than we were, or were ever going to be at the time, not only lifting one side to the light and casting darkness at other times, but putting mankind on the proverbial stage to be looked at differently, no matter race, color, or creed, or sexuality. During my time as a leader of retail markets and regions, I was responsible for hiring and developing tens of thousands of people within the companies I worked for. I always had standards I looked for. Drive for excellence, learning agility, self-awareness, team build and inspire, and managerial courage were just a few. 
These were non-negotiable attributes. They were the basics for entry and a must to continue the interview with me. No matter how many times I was told to hire more women or to hire more black people or even white in some location, I didn't care. It is ultimately why I left retail in general because it stopped being about quality and became only about manufactured equality. In impoverished neighborhoods or rich neighborhoods, I would always focus on hiring a staff that reflected the neighborhood and always that. Because a store should always reflect the community and most communities are an amalgamation of people and that is how it should be. The moment that substance is replaced with a shopping list of sexes and ethnicity, you are the really antithesis of diversity and the very definition of discrimination. I want you to look at current presidential course of actions to replace the current Supreme Court justice opening that just took place today. Let's apply that to a job opening at any one of our imaginary companies. How about a job opening at Brondo Mart? The vice president of sales is experienced in sales and key account managers. In this role, you will be responsible for developing and executing sales strategies that achieve revenue and profitability objectives for your FDM accounts. You will consistently monitor and report sales goals, adjusting taxes to reach them. Most importantly, you'll be responsible for driving best-in-industry customer satisfaction with white people, emphasizing promoting long-term business partnerships within the white community. This is where it goes south. Responsibilities are to develop and drive broad customer relationships across all retail customer organizations, Target, Walmart, Costco, etc. Business development in prominent white neighborhoods open up new retail partnerships in alignment with the company's strategic plans of increasing customer service scores within our white clientele. Is everyone getting the message? Qualifications, five years minimum experience in sales management, no inner city experience needed, and please don't apply if that is the only experience you have. Key account leadership ideally went to predominant white college people. How will you grow in the role? Brondo inspires our people at every level as long as they are white. We believe in investing and helping you at every step of your career and helping you identify and hone your unique strengths that most white people possess. We encourage you to grow by providing formal and informal development programs, coaching, and mentoring to all your white staff. We want you to ask questions, take chances, and explore impossible possibilities as long as they don't focus on diversity and inclusion. How about corporate community citizenship? Brondo is led by a purpose to make an impact that matters. This purpose defines who we are and extends to relationships with our families, people, and Caucasian communities. We believe that business has the power to inspire and transform, and we focus on education, giving skill-based volunteerism and leadership to help drive positive social impact. Oh, we toxic males and heterosexuals should look elsewhere, though. Straight males will not be considered based on their inability to lift the seat, and also because they have a penis. Sounds like Brondo is a right up the Joe Biden Democrats alley, doesn't it? No matter whom you pick, there is probably always going to be someone else more qualified. And these examples were completely ridiculous. But something happened today that falls in line with the company Brondo. But do you really think that Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and Clarence Thomas were the absolute most qualified people who could have been chosen for Supreme Court justices? 
It's important that our leaders reflect the makeup of the country to a reasonable degree. It's ridiculous to say that this is purely an obsession with identity politics. Black women have been horrifically underrepresented in national politics, and there have only been two black people at all time in the entire history of the court. The court currently has three women on it, one of them Hispanic. As long as there are well-qualified black female candidates, it's a great idea to nominate one. If there were truly no one qualified, that would be a different story. As to why Biden did it, it could either be the optics or a sincere commitment to the idea of it, or both. I suspect both, but let's not make this something actually heroic. This is excluding Asians from the list, Puerto Ricans, Filipino, and so on, and so many other ethnicities, including white people. And I could care less as long as the most qualified person is elected. Second, There needs to be another topic encroached upon, and that is politically stacking the courts. If we all think that justice is first, and only consideration is their skin color or what's between their legs, you're a fool. Their political ideology is and always will be their party affiliation. Both sides begin and end with political affiliation, and everything else is just window dressing. Lastly, will Kamala Harris be on the Supreme Court? First, why would you put a failure as a VP on the bench for a lifetime appointment when she can't handle one year as a vice president? Second, they need her vote as president of the Senate in case the following highly improbable happens. Let's remember the plus 50 plus one is Kamala Harris's vote, which splits the tie. Watch this for a quick second. Two subjects. So let's say hypothetically, (laughs) a Supreme Court justice was to retire and announce it on his or her own terms. Does President Biden plan to honor his pledge to nominate a black woman to the court? Well, I've commented on this previously. The president has uh, stated and reiterated his commitment to nominating a black woman to the Supreme Court and certainly uh, stands by that. Um, For today, again, again. uh, I'm just not going to uh, be able to say anything about uh, any specifics until, of course, uh, Justice Breyer makes any uh, announcement should he decide to make an announcement. As you know by now, Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer will retire when the current term ends this summer. The Washington Parlor game, which is interesting when you think about it, is making a short list of judges President Joe Biden might consider to replace. There's one major problem facing Biden's prospects, though. He may not be able to win confirmation for the expected pick. So much of influence in Washington isn't in the press or conferences or performative turns on cable news. The real power comes from mastering the process by which it is transferred, accumulated, and defended. And when it comes to managing a generational shift of power in America's judicial system, no one has proven more adept than Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. The Senate is split 50-50, with Vice President Kamala Harris breaking the tie. So far, so good, given past senators have changed the rules for judicial nominees to get across the finish line with just 51 votes. The so-called nuclear option is meant as a last resort, but with the exception of Chief Justice John Roberts, none of the current conservative justices cleared a 60-vote benchmark. 
But the nuclear option can go into motion only if the Judiciary Committee reports the nomination to the floor, a procedural move that says whether a majority on the committee recommends the full Senate consider the pick. But well, in a little-noticed backroom deal that took more than a month to hammer out, McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, agreed to a power-sharing plan in February that splits committee membership staffs and budgets in half. Why does this matter? Because if all 11 Republican members of the Judiciary Committee oppose Biden's pick and all 11 Democrats back her, the nomination goes inert. It's a pretty safe bet in a committee where at least half of the Republican members have White House ambitions of their own in the future. The nomination doesn't die, but it does get parked until a lawmaker, historically the leader of the party, brings it to the floor for four hours of debate. A majority of the Senate, 51 votes typically, can then put debate about the issue on the calendar for the next day. But that's the last easy part. When the potential pick comes to the floor again, it's not as a nomination. At that point, it's a motion to discharge a cloture. Motion that requires 60 votes. In other words, 10 Republicans would have to resurrect the nomination of someone already blocked in the Judiciary Committee. Given this is an election year, the Republicans have historically shown they're not willing to give Democrats any wins on the Supreme Court in such a politically charged environment. There's a good chance that Biden's nominee spends her summer waiting for invites that never come from GOP lawmakers asking her in for typically cordial and informal coffees and conversation. So yes, Biden may get to nominate a pick for the Supreme Court, but there's no guarantee that the full Senate will take it up. After all, McConnell successfully rejected Merrick Garland's nomination in 2016 and waited for Donald Trump to win the White House to install a replacement for Antonin Scalia. McConnell narrowly carved out selected history and dug his heels in that he wouldn't bring Garland up for a vote. There was simply nothing Democrats could do about it. And given the rules of the Senate as they stand, a resolute Republican Party can pull a sequel to the Garland nomination. And sure, the Democrats could try to change the power-sharing agreement, but as debate on voting rights showed us in recent weeks, one holdout voice among Democrats in favor of the filibuster can tank the plan with little consequence, just like build back never. Which means all of the odds-making about who might get the call from White House counsel in the coming days and who might get tapped to Sherpa the nomination through the Senate, or even what this means for the next term, are likely for not. Republicans, should they want to, could sink this nominee. But I'm here to say it won't happen, and it shouldn't happen. You want my recommendation? Let them put this up as fast and effortlessly as possible. It achieves a few things. Sorry about that. It gets it down and done as fast as possible, and this is inevitable anyway. We have an election in 11 months, and if you let them use this as motivational fodder, The liberals will unite against the House and Senate, shellacking they are about to take. Do not make this about a pick. Make it about punishment for the border, inflation, Afghanistan, his failed campaign promises, and build back never. Grease this confirmation like you did Kavanaugh. Make it a unanimous vote with all Republicans in favor. It gains points with female voters and minority voters and disavows the race card politics they're going to play. You need minority and youth voters, and this is good when it comes to optics. Lastly, it's still a 6-3 in favor of conservatives, and this pick doesn't make it better. It just fuels the rage of liberals even more. Let them win now, 
and let it die down over the next couple of months. It isn't a big enough win or battle to fight. Wait till 2024 when we can take the next 8 to 16 years. Because if you don't think that's possible, look what happened after Carter, 12 years of Republicans in the POTUS chair with Bush and Reagan. Biden will be worse. We can sit another two judges in that time when he's gone. Listen, people, it's chess, not checkers. And if McConnell knows what's good for him, he should listen to me. I haven't been wrong yet in the last year, but I am just a white male after all. What do I know? Folks, that's it for me tonight. Thank you for watching the show. I'll get to a few of your comments. I've got a great hockey game to get to in just a moment. Please do me a favor, like, share, and subscribe if you would not mind. You can do that here on all of my social channels. I'm live 8.30 Eastern every single night. Before I go, please let me talk about the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Veterans need your help. Traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress, anxiety, and depression are extremely real. All it takes is one phone call to get them into the right place. If you can't, please reach out to me. I will help make that phone call with you. And if that does't work, you can go to don'tunfriendme.com. Remember, it's 100% anonymous. It will not affect your duty. It will not affect your jacket. You will not be brought up in the conversation to command. If you're a citizen, please reach out to them as well. You don't have to be a veteran only. They are there to help all with mental health. Remember, folks, you can love me. You can hate me. We can agree. We can disagree. Just don't unfriend me. I will see you tomorrow night. Hang tight for those live. I do have a couple minutes that I'll spend with you on the after show. Good night, everybody.